Hey everybody, we now have a date for our Kickstarter launch. Go ahead and mark your calendars for January 24th, 2016, 10 a.m. Arizona time. That's like 8 Eastern Standard or something. Anyway, the important thing is what you guys will be getting out of the project. Um, in addition to improved audio quality, video production, and the like, you can also steer the course of the show. Um, you can be on the show, you can recommend games, and get some pretty cool swag as well. So, again, remember, January 24th. To stay tuned for updates, follow us on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash cards and shit, or just search at cards and shit. In fact, on any of your favorite social media platforms, Instagram, uh, Facebook, if you haven't liked us already, do that. And we're even on Periscope. So that's a thing. Anyway, January 24th. Stay tuned. Hello there, I'm Andrew, and welcome to Cards and Chit. Today, I have a very special guest with me today, Mr. Thomas Dara. Say hi, Thomas. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, not too bad. I do believe we have a second or two of delay on the Skype call, just to let you know. There is a little bit, yeah. I am in Arizona, and you are in Michigan. Yes. Um, it's not nearly as bad as what I think I interviewed uh, somebody from North Carolina. So that was fun. Uh, it, it was just, the delay was just so bad. Like I had to cut so much from both sides cause we just kept talking over each other, but it doesn't seem that bad. Uh, no, actually it's a lot better than I thought it would be. So Mr. Thomas, uh, tell us a little about, bit about yourself. Well, I'm a history instructor and PhD student finishing up in history. And I also um, do a lot of teaching with um, games. I, I'm a game-based learning instructor. Uh, I deal a lot with reacting to the past, which is historical role play in the classroom. And I'm also an avid game player and game advocate. So. Yeah, a game advocate. Yes. <laughs> Just get as many people into the hobby as possible, huh? I, I, I try. I try. So what's your favorite type of game? And to build on getting people into the hobby, what's your favorite intro game? Um... You know, I'm kind of an omni gamer. I, I, I like everything. I really like co-op games, and I also do, love strategy games, um, war games, um, stuff like um, Imperial Assault. Um, also, funny enough, I love word games, but I have dyslexia, and so I can't spell to save my life. That's That kind of sucks. It's all uh, good, though. I mean, it just means you can't play a Scrabble tournament, really. <laughs> I have, but yeah. <laughs> it's all about it's all about the experience, not about winning with me. So, Good. dude, absolutely, absolutely. Myself, I I absolutely love deep brain burners. I come from playing Magic the Gathering, so like, if I'm not mentally exhausted by the end of a round, like I'm just I'm good. I'll do I'll do whatever else. Like we can just keep going. So yeah. So what's your what's your go to intro game if you're bringing someone into the hobby? Oh. It really depends on the person. Um, deck builders, um, but uh, not one with a lot of choices because I've had a lot of people um, get AP when trying to learn uh, an advanced game, like um, even something that we think of as a light game like um, Dominion I've had problems with. Um, you know, if it's someone who likes history and um, maybe something like... Um, Oh, why am I blanking on the one 
underground the um uh, freedom of the underground railroad yeah free, freedom of underground railroad if if there happens to be a um something that they'd like like comics or something like that maybe a marble deck builder um legendaries dice masters um, what's your thought on sentinels of the multiverse i only if i have never gotten around to playing it okay fair um, enough fair um, enough what's yours i i don't like it right. i don't like it at all it some of the characters are all right but for me it seems that uh, it seems like they're trying to do more but they're restricting themselves if that makes any sense um because it seems like a game that wants to be combo heavy and such, but it it kind of shoots itself in its own foot. But that's not really a bad thing. I mean, some people really enjoy that stuff, but I like to go off. Like, I like to card, 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 combo, 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 combo. Just combos for days. But in the characters that I've played of Sentinels, it, it just hasn't come across yet. I'll tell you what, though. Speaking of superhero games, um, have you heard of the game Heroes of Metro City? Yes, I have. Okay, so that was my first Kickstarter game. All right. Uh, I got it. Super excited. It was delayed, of course, um, and that was kind of expected. So we got it. And the rules that they included with the game make the game unplayable. Because, like, there's a, there's a stacking mechanic involved where you play your energy crystals and you boot up and you, and you build on these energy stacks. And then when you get to a certain level, you can, okay bam ability and then triggers all that stuff but it doesn't the the clarification on how that actually works doesn't really happen <laughs> let me ask you this is it was it bad game design or bad writing because i've noticed really lately even some major publishers really are having problems with writing rules i'm thinking of dice masters is horrible uh, I, I, my best friend who I game with a lot and his wife are both English majors mm -hmm. and my friend cut his teeth um, writing training manuals and tech do documents for the company he works with. <laughs> so, you know, he is very, you know, he just looks at me and I look at him and it's like, all right, let's go to board game geek and see if the, <laughs> the designer has said something. And the, you know, uh, I'm trying to, th Marvel Legendaries, it's fine, but there's, you know, some very unclear, even in the base game, you know, you do this and then, all right, do you mean this or this? Because mm -hmm. you're using this term for one thing, but it seems like you're referring to another. So, you know, sometimes I wonder if it's the designer or they, if they're having someone else write the game doc, you know, especially with translated games. Speaking of translating it, we do a, a little bit of work with a mage company over in Greece. Um, we did a review for one of their expansions for their 12 realms games, um, ancestors legacy, I think it was. And, you know, English isn't their first language. So the copy of the rules that they sent over wasn't really all that good. Um, and we had to email back and forth for a few, little bit of clarifications. When we got that down, they sent us a different game, uh, a Rhino Knizia one that just hit Kickstarter. I forget what it was called. Resist. No. Anyway. It's beside the point. The point yeah. is, is, is the rules that they sent us, we just couldn't understand. And I'm sure they were fine prior translation, but yeah. I think they just ran everything through Google and it just didn't end up right. 
speaking of bad rules, we've been doing quite a bit of work with, with independent designers and publishers and stuff. And the rules that they send over, they don't have anybody proofread. <laughs> yes. So I actually just got a game in the mail. It's, it's a card game. It's a card system, really, um, where the cards have letters, numbers, borders, symbols, uh, colors, and other things. It's just like, play a whole bunch of games with this single deck of cards. Anyway, the rules that he included for this type of a game, or for the first game using those cards, he left out a, like an entire section of the, of, the, of the turn order and what happens in there. Or in even how to how to set up the game, uh, he got so caught up in trying to fit the rules on a piece of paper, or like a little you know card, yeah. that we just couldn't do anything with the rules that he gave us. Um, and that, that kind of sucked. He's a that guy was based out of out of England, somewhere in England. Yeah. So what's your what's your biggest Kickstarter success story? Or do you not? Do you do Kickstarter at all? I've done about three hundred Kickstarters. Three hundred Kickstarters. Yeah. That's a lot of Kickstarters, man. Um, what can I say? It's addictive. I, that's why I had to stop, man. My last, my last big Kickstarter thing was, oh, I think it was Dreadball. All right. And that's a really, really good game. We actually played a few leagues of that. Oh, it's super great. Oh, is that better? Um, yeah. So actually, I light it up. Cool. Perfect. Um, I, you know, I my my greatest successes. Um, paperback it is it's a good it's a good deck builder um you know you both have to have about the same level of um what am i thinking um language skills vocabulary and stuff yeah i mean it's not something that you could easily play with a child unless you kind of house rule some things of course but um you know i I tend to remember the the ones i've gotten burned on (sighs) luckily that's only been one or two so name them drop some names who was it well i you know i i just got it in the mail pirate's den oh that was uh that was the uh uh that was a company who went bankrupt and crash games picked that one up right yes that was um why boyan ratchovix yes 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 i mean it, it it seems to be a fine game um i actually ordered a couple other games with it and they didn't send me that they just sent me two copies uh, Pyostan and sucks. two of 12 Days, which is 12 Days is a great game. 12 Days? Yeah, it's the, the Christmas, Christmas one. It's it's really fun. It's a nice trick taking game. Um, you know, Pyostan seems to be very nice. Um, has all the Esther chaos and stuff. But I mean, a lot of people were mad because that one went kind of dark. The other one is, you know, I love Queen Games. They make great products, but they have had problems in the past with communication and um, getting the right things to people. So normally I always get the game, but if you add, add something on, it's like a 50-50 chance because they're trying to send it from Germany and you have to email back and forth. But they've actually made some improvements over the last couple Kickstarters I've done. So I think that... So I, I'm trying to remember what exactly happened with Pirate's Den. So the, the company who had originally started the kickstarter went bankrupt they like taking the money to run ran or something um i i don't know if they did people have said that that's what they've done did but um the guy who ran it boyan um was also the guy who um was the game master for the first three seasons of tabletop and um Mm. he 
he kind of cut out giving updates and everything. I mean, it's, you know, we, as Kickstarters, we kind of expect that they're going to be late. And it wasn't that late, but he just wasn't responding to people was, and stuff like that. And so they kind of started a, some people started a Twitter war against him. A Twitter war? I, yeah, that's my understanding. I, I really didn't follow it. And then he did a, he, he told people, well, if you want updates about the games, follow my Twitter. Or, you know, I'm not doing anything it on Kickstarter, so. I actually got an article right here. Pirate Den hit Kickstarter in March 2014. Finished with near $40,000 raised. Um, at the close of campaign, the boy made no indications that there would be any problems or unforeseen circumstances. As of June 2015, backers still waited for the games. Let's see, Boyan has a statement in here somewhere. Um, yeah, he did a one-time interview with a, um outfit online but um you know it again it honestly for a kickstarter it wasn't that bad but i do you know know that a lot of people are upset with it so well patrick picked that up um from crash games patrick nickel he's awesome he was actually local actually uh i hung out with him at uh phoenix comic-con here um quite a bit he's he's a super cool dude anyway so he picked up pirate's den um he'd fulfilled all the backers they're kind of like with what happened with the doom that came to atlantic city if you remember that whole debacle there um and then the extra games that he had to he had to buy to fulfill all the kickstarter yeah. backers he sent a good chunk of them to a like boys and girls clubs or something yeah. in seattle he, he he played his philanthropy card pretty well i would say no i i mean i i think you know i i'm not so mad that uh, what happened with it you it you know it happens but um you know it, it's just too bad that a lot of people got really bad tastes in the mouth and you know um but you know there's some great companies on kickstarter too so you know it's just buyer beware you know sometimes so speaking of buyer beware did you back kingdom death by the, by chance no okay so i have a fun story about kingdom death that was the last kickstarter that I was going to back for quite a while because I was busy focusing on school and stuff. Um, but I just spent 150 bucks on the Dreadball Kickstarter, which great game. I love it. So I had to back out of the Kingdom Death Monster. I, as the years went by, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't spend that money because I might have it, right? And then turns out one of our, one of the buddies on our show, Dan, he walks in the door one day with Kingdom Death Monster. And I'm like, what is this? I thought this was never going to happen. It's like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. It just took him a while. I was like, okay, can we play it? It's like, no, I've already got a group going. So if you haven't played it yet, it's amazing. It's not quite worth the $500 price tag that it has right now for all the minis and stuff in it. But it's an absolutely great game. It took me like a month or two to actually play. But oh, my goodness. Oh, it's so good so good do you have a favorite company that you like to do kickstarter stuff with um well i've probably done the most with comini or not mm. and um which can get really expensive oh of course and um you know as much as i you know there are problems with it queen's games when you finally get them they're a good high quality so i don't mind back backing them but um those are the two, you know, I, I, I told myself I was going to step away from it for a while. Then Dice Tower came up, <laughs> they're currently running theirs. Went on that one, then like 
seven or eight other backings later, I'm stepping back again. For me, a few companies that are instant backs are, are absolutely my local companies. Gameland Games yeah. um, is a I've instant. A, oh, de- definitely um, looking forward to the Nest one. Tiny Epic West. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for that. I actually got a chance to play it at Maricopacon, uh, a local gaming convention just up the road from me. It's great. It's great. The thing is, is when I played it, we went home, came back the next day. Michael goes, hey, uh, Mr. Alms came back with an entirely new rules explanation on how combat works. So that version of the game apparently plays infinitely better and I have no idea what it is. Okay. I'm so, the, the tension is killing me. He was doing a he was doing a demo session up at a up at a shop, and I was I ended up working or whatever. And I was so mad because that's all he was doing. It's all he was doing. I love his games. I love his. Have you had a chance to play Tiny Epic Galaxies yet? I own it. I haven't played it yet. The the people I game with most are downstate for me. Mm-hmm. So about two hour drive. I I go down there for two, three days at a time with a whole bunch of different games. And it's just one of those ones that we haven't had a chance to get to the table yet. If you have a chance, break open the solo version of it. The solo version of that game is is absolutely amazing. It's the best solo version of any game that I've ever played ever, period. And that's that's a, lot, a lot because there's a lot of solo variants out there, but none of them are... A lot of them aren't good. So mm-hmm. for a game to have a good solo variant, especially out of the original printing, mm-hmm. it's always a plus. Uh, Days of Wonder just just released a solo version of um, Five Tribes. Five Tribes, yes. Have you had a chance to play that one yet? I haven't. The, the like, Days of Wonder's solo variant that I've been playing a lot of is Mem 44. It's very addictive. I like Five tri- Tribes. I love the mechanics. Um, I I saw over the holiday that they released that solo variant. Um, actually, went to their website today and downloaded it. It's brutal. It's yeah. absolutely brutal. It's terrifying. <laughs> they did a really really good job with it. It's it's definitely more of a puzzle sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, something that you can visualize and you can absolutely work your way around everything, and you kind of have to hedge your bets on quite a bit of things. Um. But it's very good. It's very, very good. So you did say that when you get new people into the hobby, you want to stay away from heavier games, which is absolutely, of course, that you want to do. But you also did say something about um, analysis paralysis. Ah, AP. AP. Good old AP. Are you for it? Are you against it? Do you suffer from it? I'm going to hedge my bet here and say you have to define AP first because some people define it as almost, you know, like the disorder, right? Mm -hmm. You're someone is overwhelmed to the point that they can't wrap their head around what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, you know, people put their label AP on someone who just takes a long time to make a move. And those are two different things. I would agree. I would agree. I definitely suffer from both. <laughs> AP, I've only seen, like, the, you know, just over, too overwhelmed to play. A few times. I will be very kind and not name the person, but I know someone who um, tried to teach Dominion to his parents. Oh, no. Very good at playing poker, very good at playing hearts, spades, euchre, you know, trick-taking games. And they just, the game came to a crashing halt because they could not make up their minds about what was going on. 
you know, they answered the mechanics and everything, but they just, it was just too much information coming in. I, I like Dominion. I kind of have like a love hate with that one. <laughs> I definitely love the options because for me, it, when I get into an AP situation, it's it's not really that I can't wrap my head around everything. However, when I play some pretty worker placement games, all bets are off, right? Uh, <laughs> but for me, it's like I like being immersed in just overwhelmed with yeah. options. I mean, that comes from a Magic the Gathering background. Like, I, If I have 400 cards at my disposal and I have to distill that down to six, 60 cards, like, let's do it. Right? Um, so I, I like to be overwhelmed. But then I also just like to take my time on my turns. And, and my group, group doesn't really doesn't really like that too much. <laughs> well, what you just start describing, I see as two different things, right? Mm -hmm. Because with building your deck for magic, you're doing that by yourself. Yep. That, that You can be as solo as you want and take as much time as you want. I mean, that's the same as someone who wants to paint every single Blood Rage many perfect before you know before they do anything right mm -hmm. yeah that's part of the hobby but that's not impacting the game group i i'm pretty quick with my game turns i i never get mad if i lose or anything like that i'm mm -hmm. more you know let's play a couple games but i know people who can take three four minutes and then get mad because you're checking your email on the phone because you're sitting there waiting for them <laughs> to take their turn and you know is that a he no, that's just someone taking a long time to get the movement. I mean, I almost sometimes want to bring a chess clock, not a timer, because you know a timer, a sand timer is like you're you're timing the the movement, right? Mm -hmm. The the move with a chess clock, you say, all right, each of us are going to have 16 minutes for X amount of move. So you know, if you want to take 10 of your minutes on that one move, go, go right ahead. But you know, after that, you only have X amount of minutes. That's funny. Well, I think sometimes. You know, if you're in that type of game group, you might have to do it. You know, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, it just you brought up chess clocks, and when was the last time you played Jenga? <laughs> this is relevant, I promise. Um. Wow. Right. So there's this thing that happens. Speed Jenga. It's literally a minute per person, and it's only two people, right? And you just have to pick your block, hit the clock. Go send the next person. You ha It's a two-minute game total because each player has a minute, right? You have not played Jenga until you have played two-minute Jenga. Well, have you played um, Dread, the RPG that uses no. a chain? Oh, I want to play that so bad. Dan, from yeah. mentioning earlier, he, he'll he run a Dread game every now and then? Like once in a blue moon sort of a thing? I mean, that's, I mean, that's how I... That's the last time I played. And, and, you know, when you were saying speed, I mean, that sounds fun. But, you know, I love RPGs, but the people who are in my area who would play it um, are faculty members that I work with. So mm -hmm. we, we, we because, you know, we don't. But what we all do is the historical reacting to the past in our classrooms, which is an RPG for the classroom. So, you know, we take a, I take my students and I put them in the suffrage movement or the um abolitionist movement and you know it's we do throw 20 sided dice you know um for decisions and stuff like that and you know we go eight nine weeks of classes 
it's kind of based off of a role-playing system, and it is a role-playing system in itself, but is it really role-playing? Well, we're confined by historical outcomes, but we can have different outcomes come out. What's the... You're a college professor, right? Well, I... I technically don't have my PhD yet. Got I'm it. At the end of the year, but um, I, I I'm in a college instructor. But yes, I've been in student for 22 years. There's a there's a museum who's actually they they did a few designs for uh, what was it called? It was featured on one of the latest episodes of the Dice Tower, um, where it was like the internals, your microbacterial system in your intestines. And you oh. were managing that with with a card system. It sounded really, really interesting. That's not by the the um, company that does Compound, is it? No, Compound compa- Compounded. That's by Dice Hate Me Games, um, oh. which we have a love hate relationship with. Because some of their games, I don't know. Have you played any Dice Hate Me games? A, f- a few. Um, Carnival. That was one of them. Yeah. Um, the Great Heartland Hauling Company, Brewcrafters. Uh, I have Brewcrafters. Do you have the travel card game? No. The travel card game is very good, I think. That was another one that's that I enjoy, but the rest of the team yeah. here doesn't. <laughs> that kind of seems to happen quite a bit. Um, but Compounded was them. That one was on Kickstarter for an expansion. Uh, yeah. The Geiger expansion, I think that one funded successfully, and that one's back in the stores. Have you played from Dice Hate Me? Have you played the Easy Breezy Travel Agency? I have it. I, I it's on my shelf of shame. The shelf of shame. Is what is the shelf entire, of shame? It's an entire room. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> so is it just games that you just haven't had a chance to get around to playing, or? Um. Yes. Um. It's. I. I have way too many games I have not played. I also have the bad habit of buying multiple copies because I forget I have something on pre-order. Oh, good. <laughs> so and you know, cool stuff Inc. makes it too easy to hit the. <laughs> yeah, hey, hundred bucks free shipping, right? Unfortunately, I don't have a friendly local ga- gaming store near me. Really? So. It was the closest one, the two hours away that you had mentioned. Probably an hour away. We had one in our town that was not very friendly oh good so just a local game store a i just want to play magic with my friends and if you if you're trying to start a gaming club at your college that can bring in about 100 people a week to spend money in my store i'm not interested it's sort of a if if we don't know you we don't want to help you sort of a thing probably i i i he he claimed he had board games and i don't think he ever i ever saw a board game on his shelf the five or six time i went in but you know in michigan we have some great ones and grand rapids which is about an hour from me um they run a couple different stores they run grand con which is a great um convention down in the Detroit area, there's a few. I think there's a couple in Lansing, Michigan. So is a uh... you know, just want to say you know, gaming is a great way of um, bonding with people, but it's also you know can be a great tour if you're a teacher or anything like that. So you know, support your local game companies, um, support your local stores, and you know, always think about you know, how you can learn from a game, too. I, I, I don't think there's ever a game experience that one cannot use as a teaching tool to better oneself or even, you know, promote with children, um, especially co-op games, stuff like that, cooperation, 
thinking outside the box. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Thomas. It's been a blast. Thank you. Cheers, man. All right, cheers.